Welcome to Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. I'm your host, Kristen Thomas. I'm a certified sex coach and clinical sexologist based in Kansas City. And I just love to talk to people about what goes on in their sex lives and relationships. I also enjoy good conversation about love, heartache, activism, or making change in the world. Be warned, you should probably be 18 and over and probably listening on your headphones. Thanks for tuning in. On Keep Them Coming today, I'm joined by a fellow sexologist, a fellow SCU grad, Sarah Martin, and she helps horny people get laid ethically. Her website is The Dignified Hedonist, and you're really going to love what we are talking about today. The bulk of our conversation is going to be focused on pickup artistry. So welcome to the show, Sarah. Hi, Kristen. Thank you for having me. I've been looking forward to this for like weeks now. Yay! I love hearing that. Well, um, pickup artistry is is something that I, I don't know if maybe it's just not that big here in Kansas City, but oddly enough, a few years ago, I as I started my business in 2017, so it was maybe six months afterwards, talking to someone I was on a board with, he was like, you know, he kind of looks around real quick and he's like, I used to be a pickup artist. I was like, a, a, what? I'm sorry, what? Because I'm, lo- I'm looking at this guy. And that's not what I, the kind of persona I would have labeled him as having. Cause he seemed like a genuinely nice guy. And to think in my mind, what I had envisioned pickup artistry as being, I didn't want to like label him that way because that seemed like shitty behavior. And I'm like, this nice guy was doing those things. And I had a hard time reconciling that. But then when I, when I learned more about pickup artistry, it did change my view about it, but I'm so glad that you're here to talk about this topic today. I, you know, I never set out in life to become a recognized expert about pickup artists. And yet here we are, <laughs> Kristen. And you've got you know, friends on social that are pickup artists and have written books. And I do. I do. But, you know, I, I was led here by my clients, by and large, and that has been a hugely motivating force and what has yielded the research that we're here to talk about in part today. We were chatting earlier about how in my private practice, I had a period of time where I was working almost exclusively with men who almost exclusively worked or studied in STEM fields. Mm -hmm. So that's science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Mm -hmm. And there was a recurring pattern where 100% of my clients were telling me that they'd been influenced at one point or another by pickup artists. And that could sound like things like, I read The Game by Neil Strauss and it changed my life. Or I went to a pickup artist boot camp and I was finally able to walk up to a woman in real life. You know, I finally got brave enough to do it. And talking about these things is really pivotal experiences. And in my own mind, I kind of had this thought like, yeah, but like the game's stupid. (laughs) And I'd never really read it in much detail. I'd watched the pickup artist on VH1 when it came out because it was great sensationalist television. So I had this very general familiarity with what PUA was. Mm-hmm. But suddenly now I was meeting lots of men in 2016, 2017, like we're talking more present day, not, you know, 
back in the, you know, early aughts when Mm -hmm. VH1 was the thing to do, right? Right. (laughs) So I did what a good sex coach does and decided I need to learn more about this. And then I did what a nerd does, which is go, and I need to do this in an institution and turn it into a degree in a research paper. (laughs) Yes, because you did write your, was it your thesis or your dissertation? Uh, I don't know how to label it. Okay. So you wrote your master's thesis actually about pickup artistry. I did very specifically about the economic metaphor used in pickup artist handbooks. Mm -hmm. I've read most of your paper and (laughs) it it really, I guess I just hadn't thought about how it, it is. They're trying to sort of make it a marketplace and that analysis of that. And then just, you know, there's some interesting stuff. I know reading, reading an academic paper isn't for everyone. And that's why you're on here today to talk about what's actually in that paper. Like, I love that you turned your experience, your real world experience with your clients into a piece of research, into something that helps people better understand what's going on in this subculture. Yeah. So thank what you would you for like to know? <laughs> well, so... You, you said you started off because you were actually having experiences with clients where they were saying that it changed their life. And you did have your own lens to say like the game kind of sucks. Like, I think that's what most women think about the game. Like a lot of us haven't read it, but most of us know of it. And if you mention Neil Strauss's name, you just get a bunch of eye rolls, but you're saying that your client said it changed my life. And we talked before the show started that you're saying that like only 10% of people actually want to live the lifestyle and the rest are just looking to maybe fill a skills gap or things like that. So what, what were your clients saying actually changed their life about reading things like the game and other books? I think for the vast majority of people who by and large in this genre are men, it's, it's almost always men writing or producing things for other men and heterosexual Mm -hmm. men specifically. So it's important to keep that in mind. Mm -hmm. And what my clients were looking for when they found pickup artistry, generally through searching the internet, because that's what a lot of people in general do and very specifically more introverted science-minded people, right? That's a stereotype, but then there's also some grain of truth in that too. And when you go to the internet and you ask for help with figuring out how to have sex with people, like what you find your way to is pickup artistry. And Mm. this is a point I try to make anytime I'm given a platform that that desire to learn skills that will help you to make sexual connections is a totally legitimate and valid desire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's not like society does a great job of teaching us how to have good sexual relationships. It's mm-hmm. not like we learn this in school. And what a lot of us wind up doing is trial and error social learning among our peers, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you're somebody who grew up in an environment where you were bullied or ostracized or isolated as a young person, 
that skills gap can be even more stark. And this Mm -hmm. is something that I see as a recurring pattern in my clients as well. A lot of them experienced bullying, almost all of them. Mm -hmm. Many of them have been neurodivergent. So have had autism spectrum or other forms of neurodiversity. And many told stories about being quite isolated or perhaps spending more time with adults when they were young rather than Mm -hmm. other folks their age. And so in our already crappy setup for developing sexual skills, if you're then also deprived of most of the contact from the way most of us learn really imperfectly and badly, (laughs) right? But still we learn something. Uh Yes. (laughs) So what you hear over and over when you listen to people like my clients on the internet where they have a desire to you know to know better to do better to be better to want to be more feminist for lack of a better word though i know that that's that's going to be incendiary like sorry about the mras that are going to turn up to this podcast it's okay i'm used to it just send them my way um, But then they say, well, but when you ask for help, a lot of people just give you platitudes, like just be yourself or just treat women like human people, like individuals. But you could do all of that and still be single. What do you do? How do you actually communicate desire? Mm -hmm. How do I actually be a sexual person Mm -hmm. with others? Mm -hmm. You know, that underneath some of the surface level questions about like, how do I get a girlfriend? There's actually some very deeply vulnerable questions there. Oh, yeah, for sure. I've definitely had those conversations with some clients and it's. Yes, you hit the nail on the head when you said that there's the platitudes of like, oh, just be yourself. That that doesn't help anyone, any gender like we we all do need to know how to put our sexual energy out there to try to attract someone that we are attracted to. We have to know how to harness that energy properly so that we don't overstep any bounds or make people uncomfortable while showing our confidence. And a lot of those skills, yeah, are sort of haphazardly developed through dating as a teen or even in college. And if you miss out on that window, and then you're in your early 20s and you're looking around at your friends who are getting married or in love and you haven't even hold someone's hand or kiss someone before typical dating advice is not going to work for those people. So, well, and I mean, typical dating advice is a whole other thing because a lot of it is garbage. It is true. That's (laughs) true. That's true. But I mean, like the things that their friends would say, you know, the friend, the friends that already have those skills have nothing to offer them. Yeah. And where a lot of times it's almost like unconscious competence for a lot of people, you Mm -hmm. know, like they're not even aware of the things that they do anymore. Yeah. So it's like, how can I express this very abstract to me thing to help my friend when I mean, well, Mm -hmm. but what I would, what I would add is that, yes, this is important for all genders. And what I often talk about is that like, gender is like a seasoning. It makes the shit sandwich that we're eating tastes a little bit different. But at the basis, we're all more or less eating the same shit sandwich. And in this case, the gender seasoning of being a man is that there is this expectation in the 
predominant narrative that you are the one who approaches. Mm -hmm. And I think that very simple fact is really important to keep in mind if you're wanting to understand how all of this plays together, right? The experience of being a man in this landscape, if, if you haven't had that experience yourself, it's really stressful. It's really stressful, especially if you missed out on social skills development for any number of reasons. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, like, how do I even do this? And what I'm the one who has to take the risk. I'm the one who has to potentially get rejected over and over. And, you know, for some women who have had the experience of just being approached all their lives, right, that can be super hard to relate to at all. Mm-hmm. Then, then they're just having a different set of problems, which is that the only people they're ever selecting from are the ones that approach them, mm-hmm. which means how much is their desire entering at all into the equation? Mm-hmm. So that's a discussion for another day. <laughs> because I think that sometimes where some of these really visceral reactions can come from that I've noticed among other women about just like how disgusting or despicable this is. And it's like, well, hang on a minute. Like, have you ever, like, done the thing, like, gone and been brave and asked somebody and then mm-hmm. had them say no to you? You know, like, that takes courage. Yes. Yes, it does. Now, I know that as you sort of labeled it before we started recording, you say that pickup artistry has become a part of the online manosphere and that pickup artistry can, it has its good qualities and get again, and and we'll kind of get more into some of the the good stuff. I want to know a little bit more about some of the gateways that you've seen this become to like some of the behaviors, like (sighs) Lucy Rowett, a colleague of ours. Yes. And then even this last week's episode with Cassie Wilnauer, we were kind of getting into some of the things about purity culture and then diet culture and I sort of see, because I live in the Midwest, the United States, it's highly, mm-hmm. highly religious around here. You know, a lot of kids grew up with purity culture. And yes, often was sent it centered on girls and their virginity, but boys got it too. You know, boys got the like, you're supposed to also be a virgin. You're also supposed to pick a virgin, you know, her virtue, blah, blah, blah. But your virtue is a reflection of her, all those things. And whereas I see a lot of people, that were born female get pulled more into diet culture after they sort of let go of some of the purity culture stuff. I see a lot of the guys go from purity culture into sort of this extremist behavior that's anti, I don't want to say it's anti dating, but like they get into that red pill shit. <laughs> well, and it depends like which strain of red pill we're talking about here because like, in purity culture, just kind of like in red pill, in a lot of gender essentialist ideologies, mm-hmm. which I would I would take the risk and say, like, as well as including pickup artistry and incel and red pill and MGTOW, and to a certain extent, some like white supremacist movements definitely have mm-hmm. this element of gender essentialism present mm-hmm. as well. Um, I would also include things like Tantra, as gender essentialist in in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. right? 
So what I see all of these have in common is that there are some very contradictory ideas put forward about what makes you a man Mm. and how to be a man. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I think in purity culture, there's a particularly like horrible tension between, you know, I should stay pure in order to be godly versus I'm a man. And part of how I prove I'm a man is by having sex with women. Yep. And it's not very manly of me to not be having sex with women or to not know how to have sex with women. Right. And that I think that can lead to a lot of the bad behavior and abusiveness that we can see inside of purity cultures, though. That's not my area of expertise. I just also grew up in the United States (laughs) in a particular period of time when this garbage was everywhere. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I suppose some people who depart from those movements might take a wild swing in the other direction and say, I'm just going to have as much sex as I possibly can. And that can go any number of ways. And I think it depends how much you buy into the gender crap to begin Mm -hmm. with, where, where pickup artistry can act as sort of this gateway to a number of other movements and communities online is that it can, it can have this quality of just feeling right, you know, feeling intuitive, like somehow this just makes sense. And that's because it's using a lot of the same structure that's inherent in patriarchy and capitalism and all of the ways you've been told your whole life that you don't deserve shit unless you go out and work hard and earn it. Mm, and mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. hey, like, doesn't matter whether you like it or not. Nature says women are like this and men are like that and there's no changing it. So you had better just deal with it. Like how Mm. abusive is that as an outlook when you say it that way, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I see there are lots of different pathways that people can wind up taking through, through these movements. And I, you know, again, I mentioned Tantra because sometimes people come into Tantra and then they veer right off into QAnon territory. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes. And so it's important to have that awareness as we talk about pickup artists or other parts of the manosphere, because I think the human desires that lead people to look for community and look for answers to these questions and look for skills development are so normal and understandable. And actually where there's a lot of really like wonderful ways you can nurture that and help somebody. And that there's also plenty of people who are waiting to exploit that vulnerability Mm -hmm. and and use it as a as the thin end of the wedge to bring somebody into deeper and darker places. Yes, absolutely. I, you know, when I think about the game and Neil Strauss, I, I, it's not like I think that he wrote that book to try to get men to be terrible humans or to take it to dark places. I think that, as you say, he he probably wrote it with the intention of helping people. Mm, you know, you you make a point in your paper about like, is it about the actual act of the experience of having sex or is it about sex 
than producing some sort of result. Like, I don't know. Do you think that he wrote it to try and get men to simply enjoy the act of sex? Or did he write it to try and help men then get the thing after that, which is the wife and the family and the all the American dream shit? Uh, I think Neil Strauss wrote that book because he had an assignment with, I don't know, I forget if it was the New York Times or Rolling Stone to look into these pickup artists. Mm. And he showed up to a boot camp with mystery with all of his very human insecurities and challenges where he hadn't had a lot of success with dating or with sex. And, uh, our friend went native, you know, he didn't just do his investigative journalism, get out, write, you know, an, a short article and move on to the next thing. Like he went deep, he went on his own personal journey. Mm. And what was very clear to me reading that book is that, you know, here's somebody who reminds me in a lot of ways of my clients, right? Who, and who, pursued this lifestyle i think in part to validate his own masculinity to himself mm -hmm. over and over and over again and the the shit deal if you just do things in life to try to punch your man card is that you never get the satisfaction that you're looking for you never finally arrive and okay i am a man it's okay now i can uh -huh. relax uh -huh. that moment never comes and it's interesting because Neil later went on to write a book called The Truth about how PUA affected him in some pretty negative ways and made like forming intimate interdependent relationships really difficult. And I was recently interviewed by a journalist at Giddy who was writing a piece that started in one way and actually turned into a story about escaping pickup artistry or mm. essentially talking to a lot of men who have stepped away from this ideology and we're sharing with him some of the negative effects that it's had on, on their ability to connect to and relate with other people. Mm -hmm. And so why did Neil write that book? I mean, in large part, because it was lucrative. He got He's made some nice money and he's turned himself into an utter celebrity through it. And yeah, the thing about yeah. Neil Strauss is he is an absolutely incredible writer. Mm -hmm. You know, when you read the game, just reading it like a normal person does, instead of like going through and coding sentence by sentence, looking for metaphors, which is what I did five mm -hmm. to six minutes per page. Neil's book is like 420 pages long. Oh my gosh. I spent a long time <laughs> in his words. Yeah. When you read it just as a normal consumer, it's so engaging and it's mm. so just like he's a master craftsman when it comes to the written word. Mm -hmm. So that's my opinion. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure he's probably talked about this somewhere, but that's what I saw and that's what I intuited. Mm -hmm. as a researcher in this case yeah so, so neil is neil isn't one of the hedonists right when we were discussing this before is that i think there's kind of like three strains of pua there's mm -hmm. the i don't know quote unquote like light side of the force or the i don't know the good guys the good guys the good, okay good ish guys uh -huh. who are the ones who 
got into PUA because they really love sex. Like they really love sex. They really love pleasure. They really love women and they want to help other people like enjoy that too. And that immediately makes me think of Richard La Ruina, who's sometimes known by his online handle gambler and his book, the natural, which Mm -hmm. if I like, I almost never recommend traditional PUA to anybody. What's cool about his book is he actually breaks down and explains to people how to do empathy, Hmm. which that's really interesting because a lot of us know intuitively what empathy is and we understand how that works. Again, if you missed out on some social learning, you might hear all these people talking about empathy and go, well, but what does that actually mean? Mm -hmm. Or if you're neurodivergent. Well, well, yes. And so his explanation of empathy as, you know, to use that in order to connect with people. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like, it's beautiful. Yeah, I can see that. And then otherwise, like the other two strains, then there's kind of the... I don't know. I don't know. I guess maybe I'll call it like the the lame or the, <laughs> the kind of um like evil but not that darkly evil. Like and that would be more your mystery, your Neil Strauss, your Ross Jeffries, your uh Tyler Durden, uh Papa, like the guys from Real Social Dynamics, that whole school mm-hmm. where it's it's really kind of about your notches or your numbers and kind of about proving yourself to other men in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And then there's like the, the gross side of the fours, right. The, the people who mainly were generated from a forum called so suave.net. And that is where red pill and PUA intersect. So that's people like, Rolo Tomasi from The Rational Mail and Roosh V with his book, Bang. Though, talking about all of these intersections, our friend Roosh has done the rounds, right? Because he went real hardcore into MAGA. Mm. And then now he's converted to Christianity. He's born again. He's renounced his prior lifestyle. He's pulled all of his books from publication. Mm. And that's that's his grift now. Yeah. <laughs> And so when we look at PUA, there's kind of like these threads. And for the longest time, I used to think of like, you know, I should write like a, a pickup artist Genesis, you know, and, and Ross Jeffries begat mystery and mystery begat style and style begat gambler and so on. And then just like, you know, write that book, um, which I kind of did. Like I have a couple articles up about history of pickup artistry because, you know, it's gotten a lot bigger and more visible since the internet became a thing. But like, this is not new, right? You know, one of the earliest pickup manuals written was uh, Ars Amatoria. So the art of love, which was written in the year two. (laughs) You know, So this is, this is a perennial desire, a Mm -hmm. perennial need of Mm -hmm. how do I, how do I do this thing? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I do want to take one quick break. And when we come back, I, you know, you've mentioned some of these folks like that. I don't know if you want to call it a stage, their persona name, like mystery and gambler and things like that. But 
you've actually gotten to be social friends with some of these folks. And I, I want to know a little bit more about post writing your, your thesis. Like you've actually gotten to know some of these folks in person. And I, I want to know a little bit more about that. It's time for a quick break. I promise it'll just be a minute, so stay tuned. I'll be right back after a few words that help me get paid. Back from the break, talking with Sarah Martin about pickup artistry. And you've, you've mentioned a few names as we go through that, like, I only know the a few of the basic ones. Like, I'd heard of mystery before, but... You know, my sure my listeners have never heard of some of these other folks. So, but you've mentioned like being social media friends with some of these folks. I'm I'm just curious, how did that? Did you reach out to them at first because of uh, writing your paper, or was it just they found you? Did you find them? Well, part of it, Kristen, is that in my life I learned how to approach. <laughs> um, <laughs> and 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 actually, I've got. You know, I've done some writing on this before, because just like where there are challenges for men who don't fit into hegemonic masculinity, there's plenty of challenges for women who don't fit into hegemonic femininity. And I grew up bullied and I was fat and all of these like challenges in that period of social learning. Right. And I finally figured out if I wait for people to approach, nobody's going to. And I'm really horny. So <laughs> I guess I'm going to have to learn to, to take that risk. Mm-hmm. And that skill has served me so well throughout my life. So while it was an awful lot of suffering to develop it, it pays massive dividends now. And mm-hmm. so during this period of research, like I was reaching out to a lot of people <laughs> and, and the I got it into my head on a couple of occasions, just be like, I wonder if any of these dudes are on social. Mm -hmm. And when I found profiles, I sent friend requests and then like, and then they got accepted and that's really funny. So love that. And like Richard LaRuina, like I often tweet at him or Mm -hmm. about him and then he hearts my tweets or occasionally replies and and it's fun you know it's I think it's something a lot of researchers do too is you just want to get in touch with the other experts in your space or with the folks who are knowledgeable Mm -hmm. so that period of time while I was working on my research my study focused on four books in this mm-hmm. corpus, because you gotta limit things, right? Yeah. <laughs> I did an extraordinary amount of reading around that because, like, there's books in this genre, like that are targeted at women too. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. a whole. That's like the rules. That's like uh-huh. why men love bitches. Mm-hmm. It's it's still so gross for exactly the same reason. Um, yeah. But, you know, again, the gender seasoning is different. So some of the things they say are a bit different. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I so, like, want to talk a lot about like those friendships because I have, it's, it's, they're, they're kind of parasocial 
relationships mm-hmm. where we've only ever interacted on social media, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But like that to say that I am interested in the people in this space and I do kind of keep an eye on them. And, you know, these are the classic PUAs, like, and a lot of them are sort of Gen X men, the, the newer thing, the way it's evolved after PUA got uh, a bit of a bad reputation is dating coaches, mm, especially the, mm-hmm. the YouTube dating coaches. Oh, like, yes. This hasn't gone anywhere. It's just rebranded. Yes. <laughs> That's actually going to, that was going to be my next question is if, if we want to help people avoid this sort of behavior, I mean, again, there's things to be learned from it, certainly, but again, and I'm not trying to say like, oh, I'm trying to censor what people, you know, interact with or things like that. But, you know, say for that, that parent that's raising a, a teenager or has a young 20 something that, you know, does have this skills deficit, or, or it's your friend, and they're talking about, you know, certain things that they're experiencing, or things that they're reading, or people that they're following, like, you know, I'm just thinking about like there's red flags that come up when they start going down certain paths. And as you're saying, it's just simply been rebranded as, and I see on TikTok, these online dating coaches, these male dating coaches. I mean, there, there are lousy female dating coaches as well. Yes, the, true. The wing women of the internet. Like I know about mm. loads of them. Mm-hmm. I've watched their YouTube. It's, it's the same, it's the same framework. It's the same worldview that that came out of the the books that I looked at the same commodification of human beings Mm. and sex Mm -hmm. as a means to another end rather than sex for itself so you ask about how can we help people and you gave an example of parents I mean don't bullshit about what sex is about sex (laughs) is for pleasure yes don't make it out like oh when you know, a mommy and daddy love each other very much and they want to have a baby. That's when they have sex. It's like, no, like that's, <laughs> it's this wonderful connective activity that we can share with each other and it's life affirming and it's pleasurable. And it's interesting because I think it's this allergy towards pleasure that mm-hmm. is part of why people tell those lies, right? They've been told their whole lives that you know, desire is a negative thing. And, you know, you're a worse person for wanting things. And, you know, if you're a man, you're often told, well, you know, your desire of women is inherently exploitative, right? If you're in certain circles, that's the kind of thing you get told. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's bullshit. (laughs) Like, (laughs) yes, (laughs) human beings are sexual from the womb to the grave, right? Like this is part of how we, how we are. It's okay. And beyond that, I would say if you're trying to help somebody find resources, the question to ask yourself is, you know, is there dignity and is there hedonism? Because if your resources have those two elements, right? If it's about the pursuit of pleasure, while recognizing the inherent worth of everybody involved, then that's a worthwhile resource. You you mentioned earlier my brand, Dignified Hedonist, and that's a very deliberate choice because Mm -hmm. what's often missing from hedonism, where that winds up getting a bad name, then the missing ingredient is dignity, right? 
-hmm. your pursuit of pleasure should never be ignoring your own dignity or the dignity of your partners. If you lose that, then it becomes a descent into to cruelty sometimes, right? Yeah. And and that is, and it's so important that your own dignity really matters here too. Because one thing about PUA, but also red pill and incel and MGTOW and a lot of these interrelated ideologies or approaches or worldviews is that they are extraordinarily dehumanizing of men. Mm-hmm. And they tell men that in order to be loved, you have to be cruel or be manipulative or be someone you're not, that you're mm-hmm. not inherently good enough, that you don't inherently have value. Mm-hmm. And that's shit. That's yeah. not, you know, <laughs> it's it's heartbreaking. And like I expected during this study that I was going to read a lot of like, garbage stuff about women and like I had my therapist on standby and I was receiving like mental health support because the funny thing about being a human being is that when you read stuff over and over and over and things are repeated over and over even if you know them not to be true they start to feel true mm-hmm. right that's part of how misinformation in this day and age works hey oh just yeah. need to take a take a little look at the world around <laughs> you right now and if you wonder oh. what's happening that's it. It's this power of repetition. So if you do choose to engage with materials like this, you've got to support yourself. And this is where I think some men can wind up having these really negative experiences in the aftermath of their time in PUA. It's because like they're getting these messages over and over and over about how women are, they're also getting these messages over and over and over about how they must be Mm. in order to be good enough. And once you internalize stuff like that, once that stuff starts to feel true, it can be really destructive. Yes, yes. And unwinding that I'm sure is, is a challenge unless you do go to therapy or you do see a coach like us, (laughs) someone that's actually got the training yeah. And it's it's one of those things that, you know, we got to do a better job of promoting ourselves, Kristen, like mm-hmm. these PUAs, one thing you can say about the charismatic ones that develop a following is that they are not shy about claiming that limelight and getting right out there and repeating themselves over and over and, mm-hmm. and going and interacting with the men who have these questions and these deep vulnerabilities and needs, right? So it's it's part of my own commitment is to do a lot of engagement with the folks that I find in the internets because there is another way. There are great materials. You know, if if you're listening to this podcast and you need something really simple to direct people to, mm-hmm. the book Models by Mark Manson is quite possibly one of the best books ever written about dating. And Mark was really involved in PUA for several years Mm -hmm. and then started to change, right? And had his own, I don't know, reckoning moment of Mm -hmm. reckoning and realization. And Models is a book that 
both addresses this deeply felt need of how do I do the thing while being really firm in its stance against some of those ugly points of view that don't lead to pleasure and connection. Mm -hmm. Mm, So it sounds like he's really trying to, um, I don't want to say address some of the downfalls of pickup artistry, but I mean, if you're getting, as you say, super deep into this feeling of I'm not good enough as a man, and you made a really important point earlier is that so much of this is centered around do these things and eventually you will be masculine enough or you will be man enough. And like the parallel that I draw in my head is like, that is exactly how I talk about happiness. That if you're just Mm. saying, I'll do this and I'll be happy. I'll hit this milestone and I'll be happy. You get to that thing and you're still not happy. It's Mm -hmm. the same thing with this masculinity or even femininity. And when you are trying to say, once I do this thing, I will be that it never happens. You're just kicking that can down the street. You're not simply standing firm in where you are right now and being that thing, either being happy or standing in your masculinity or standing in your femininity. And uh, so models by Mark Manson, it sounds like he was really just trying to bring to light some of the ways that PUA was failing people. I mean, the thing is, it's not really a theoretical treat treatise. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's, a it's a handbook. It's a thing that gives you some step-by-step here's how to, to do this. His main concept that he introduces in that book is about the idea of chasing non-neediness if you're going to chase anything. So rather developing a sense of non-neediness, I I talk about a similar concept, which I call outcome independence. Mm. So that's getting into a mindset before you ask somebody for something where you're happy with any happy and accepting of any possible outcome, whether Mm -hmm. the answer is yes, no, or a negotiation, because those are basically the three answers you can get. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, you know, his book has a, a chapter about like how to dress well, which like, that's one of the quickest wins. And it's one of those things that seems so simple and where a lot of people just miss it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it's a fabulous book. And I mean, that's not really what Mark does anymore. I mean, now he's ghostwriting books for Will Smith. Like it's kind of (laughs) amazing. So good for him. Good for him. So as I was mentioning earlier, there are a lot of these, you know, male online dating coaches and like kind of, you know, threw out there that, you know, they need to go to people who've actually got training, you know, folks like us and, you know, we are sex coaches. So people may not think to come to us for dating. A lot of times I know people come to me and they're like, oh, well, you can actually help me with like my dating profile and how I talk to people. I'm like, yeah, I can help with all those things. So how how does sex coaching play in to this scenario with helping people either avoid pickup artistry, get out of pickup artistry, or like those those poor folks who are just feeling really, really lost because as you say, like they missed out on some of those key times to develop these skills more naturally. Where do we come in? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting you mentioned that because I've actually rebranded as a dating coach in part because that's what my clients keep calling me and keep referring to me as. So yeah, my training is as a sexologist 
And in general, I let my clients kind of steer some of the ship because I'm in this work for them Mm -hmm. by and large. Mm -hmm. I think there can be a real benefit in looking for people who not only have a sex positive or a sex affirming or, you know, a sex celebrating outlook, right? Because, you know, you've got to buyer beware when it comes to sexologists too, because you have some of these same gender essentialist points of view infiltrate our broader field Mm -hmm. too. And it shocks me how like some people (laughs) never examine their biases, right? I'm thinking specifically of some evolutionary psychology researchers I know where I'm just like, if you'd been to a SAR, uh, sexual Uh, attitude, reassessment and restructuring training, mm -hmm. there is no way you would be having that as the the argument that you're making. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But to, to that end, you know, I mentioned SAR here because that's a pivotal sensitivity training in the field of sexology. And so if you're working with somebody on matters related to your sexuality, like a really good filtering question to ask is, have you attended a SAR? Mm -hmm. And if they say no, maybe choose someone else. (laughs) And, And really, like, I'm pretty biased in this respect, having been to SAR several times and then helped to lead small groups at SAR a couple mm-hmm. of times too, that it's so powerful to do that examination of self and mm-hmm. to not bring that shock and awe into the room with clients and to not project your own internal biases on them. Like that's a really important part of the work. Mm-hmm. So in terms of, you know, if what you want to have is a life that includes a lot of pleasurable sex. Seeking out people who are experts in sexuality is a really good way to go about it. And I know that that's taboo. It can be so much easier to say, oh, well, I need help with dating or I need help with pickup. Mm-hmm. And what's really interesting is that like most pickup artists don't write anything about sex itself. Right. Or if they do, sometimes it's horrific. Like the things Rouge V would write about sex were just, you know, a meat rod that goes into a meat hole and it's just like so devoid of any sensuality or arousal or eroticism it's mm-hmm. just this cold and calculating and kind of almost disgusting view on sex you well, know i think it's easier to act the way that some of them do when they disconnect from it that way though perhaps perhaps or you know another thought I've had sometimes is that they haven't done any of the deeper work around Mm -hmm. their sexuality. So they still have a fundamental sense of disgust about it because Mm -hmm. many people are taught that sex is disgusting. Many men in particular are taught that masturbation is disgusting. If we talk about purity culture Mm -hmm. and how you're polluting yourself. And, you know, I've heard so many men talk about, you know, that masturbating quickly that you know that death grip that feeling of deep guilt after experiencing orgasm you know when that plays out over years and years and builds up you know that very deeply seated sense of disgust about sex i think that might be why i don't even know if that's necessarily part of the 
the framework. It isn't because there are PUAs like Gambler who just fucking love sex. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the reason why. And somehow he didn't wind up with hangups. So to be fair, he's from the UK mm. and so didn't grow up surrounded yeah. by purity culture in the United States. So that might be an interesting angle for future research. Mm-hmm. But coming back to this, so what kind of role can we play? It's also worth taking a look at your unique set of circumstances and checking who you resonate with because not all sex coaches are created the same. And that's Mm -hmm. awesome because there's such a diversity of need in the world. So have a look out for the people who can, can help you specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've definitely had male clients who come to me and uh, one thing that runs through a lot of them is they, they want to date someone, but they don't know how to approach women. They don't mm-hmm. want to be creepy when they do do it, or it's been so long since they've had sex or been in a long-term relationship. They're worried about how they're going to be perceived or how they're going to perform. It's often very performance-based, you know? Yep. And I, I've had my fair share of, of younger men who are absolutely wonderful, amazing young men. And I'm like, Oh, I can't wait to help you. And I, I've had a handful who it's like, Oh, you've got some belief structures that are definitely going to challenge me as a coach, because I've got to be able to sort of put the mirror up in front of you without calling you a dickhead. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm going to be like, so let's talk about what just came out of your mouth right there when you were talking about women. Um, because some of them have been very honest in how they, they think and feel. I feel like my role as a dating coach and that aspect when I help clients is to sort of um, provide new perspectives. And, and I joke, it's sort of like taking a little, little baby bird. I'm going to take this little baby bird and I'm going to make sure that it stays like warm and fed and healthy. And then I'm going to, you know, set it back out into, into the world to be a, a good bird for everyone else. Like I, I do feel the sense of responsibility for helping change people's hearts and minds around this so that they can get out there and be better people as they are in the dating world. Help them be dignified hedonists. Hey, that's my thing, Kristen. <laughs> I'm going to have to steal it. I'm sorry. I'm taking it. No, um, I'll definitely be using you as an example more from now on when I mm. run into these kinds of clients. Like, yeah, I just, I feel a deep sense of responsibility to not turn these kinds of clients away, but rather like, I want to pull them in right away and start working with them and understand more about their mindset and where they're coming from. But then again, show them some ways that perhaps the way that they're behaving and the things that they think, the things that they're talking about aren't actually often in line with their long-term goals. Or with their values, right? Like it's, and I mean, that's, that's often at the, the heart of this work too, is that, you know, do they actually believe the things that they say, or were they just told by so many people, this is how you have to be. Mm -hmm. If you want to be good enough, if you want to be loved. And it's great to be able to say like, no, (laughs) you don't have to be like this. There's another way when the, when the game is rigged and everyone loses, don't play the game. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. Well, Sarah, how do people find you online? If they come on over to dignifiedhedonist.com, 
They're very welcome. And right there on the homepage, if you want to hear more from me, I actually send out a newsletter every day, Monday to Friday. I call it the Slutty Activism Newsletter because that's a great name. So if you want to hear more thoughts from me, come become a slutty activist and uh, it'll be a pleasure to get to know you. I'll sign up for that as well. Nice. Are you on Twitter or Instagram? Yeah, I'm on a lot of the social media. Uh, Reddit is the place I spend my most time. So I'm you, Sex Coach Sarah, over there. Instagram, I'm at dignified.hedonist. Twitter, I'm at hedonist dating. Facebook, I'm at dignified hedonist, that one without a dot. So wherever you hang out, as long as it's not Pinterest or like TikTok, because come on, I'm old. Um, (laughs) Hey, I got TikTok famous in 2021. Like, congratulations. Like, it works for some people. Oh, I had to do an entire block clearing workshop with a friend of mine because I just had this major block over doing any form of video. My marketing guy kept Mm. being like, you need to be on video. You need to be on video. I was like, fuck that. (laughs) No. Um. I don't really like to do my makeup or my hair most days. <laughs> when my clients do actually see me with makeup and hair, it was just for them. Um, Aww. I And so much of social media is wrapped up in like your appearance, but I have gotten more comfortable doing TikToks without my hair and makeup done. Maybe just pull it back in a ponytail, whatever. But you, you should have Kincaid on and talk about going viral on TikTok. Um, I did just have Kincaid on. Like, yeah, his episode actually aired last Wednesday. What? Yes. How did I miss this? Okay. Well, it just came out. It just came out. Okay. So, yes. Um, we did you talk about, about being TikTok famous? Yes. Yes. And I'm encouraging Excellent. him to keep his game going. But we talked about toys for cocks. Nice. That was the name of our episode because I wanted, I needed a fella's recommendations on the best sex toys, and I've I've purchased some sex toys in the past for my partner that he has recommended. So, mm-hmm. uh, but yes, the the TikTok famous stuff. It's a weird place to be i am at like 87 percent of my audience is female so but i mean in the united states i think that female user because they don't measure non-binary they only do male or female um it's like two to one ratio in the u.s for female users over male users so i'm a little higher than that 66 <laughs> percent. but i guess my my message on TikTok's not getting out to the male users or they sometimes don't like what I have to say, especially white it's, Christian male TikTok does not like what I have to say. Well, maybe not on the surface. And then they message Wask like very shyly saying help. And then I, well, when I was doing it, I'm, I'm not in that role anymore. I'd be like, go talk to Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have picked up a few people that maybe that is how they found me. Um, but, but it's, it's it's so weird though. Cause right. When I was a baby sex coach in 2016, I was certain I was going to be working with women on erotic fitness. I wrote a book about orgasmic running and it has always been dudes, specifically nerdy science dudes. Like, and now I had to change my branding a bit. Cause like I had such a crisis at the end of last year. I'm like, I hate my brand. I'm starting to sound like a pickup artist. I can't do this anymore. (laughs) So I had to go and like figure that out and have that time. And I realized it was because I was so focused on that. I work with men where I'm like, I'm adding the gender element in 
Like, mm -hmm. so what actually do all of my people have in common? Like they're horny as fuck. So that's <laughs> why it helped. And since then I've had more women clients like for the first time in years. And so that's kind of fun. Well, fun. I, I'm, I'm happy for you that you made it through your crisis of branding and have come out yeah. on the other side. I mean, I hear what you're saying about sometimes the clients just find us and lead us down a path, but we've also got to yeah. assess at times, like what's best for us as a coach and who, who do we really want to, to help? And it's not about not helping certain people, but it's that we're here for a lot of different kinds of folks, no matter our specialty. And, um, but it can be really hard to try to make sure that our message is has, that our message has wide appeal. Yeah. Well, and I don't really try to have wide appeal. Like I know very specifically who I like working for, but you remind me of something where like just to plant a seed or float an idea, mm -hmm. like I've been talking to various people about trying to build and cultivate a space for these folks to land. So mm -hmm. some kind of incel escape or PUA escape or some mm -hmm. place that could serve as a really powerful alternative to what is in seduction space. Mm -hmm. And like maybe having that as a place to like consolidate some of our giving efforts. Cause the other thing is that most of these PUA forums at like the starter level, like there's, there's no fee, like it's free. That's mm -hmm. part of the problem. Mm -hmm. So the boot camps and stuff all cost money. The books cost money, whatever, but, and it's gotten a bit more decentralized um, since the, the guru heyday in the early two thousands. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so I've been trying to, get together a posse to basically, I don't know, build and nurture this space. Or, you know, there was an interesting model that I came into contact with during the pandemic uh, when I was getting postpartum support, which is like postpartum support international. And mm -hmm. they like run support groups on a regular basis. So I don't know if you'd like to be a participant in this. Heck yeah to give something to a space like this. Heck but. yes, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Cause I, I know there's a lot of female coaches that tend to only work with female clients. And as Dr. Patty says, that does a great disservice to anyone who's not a female. And I, myself, I mean, gosh, at first when I started my practice, it was mostly men. Um, I guess that's just kind of the, the inner, whatever energy I was putting out there, that was what I was then like pulling back in. But I, again, I do feel a certain amount of responsibility to help teach men to be an even better, more, you know, more centered version of themselves where they're not trying to, they're not trying to be something that they're not, you know, cause that doesn't feel good. Mm. So, um, yes, anything that I can do to help in that space as it develops. Yes, yes, yes. Cool. <laughs> I'll add your name to the list. And I love it. some point this year, gonna start making something because, because I don't know, I would rather concentrate my efforts like that. Because I don't know, I've had kind of a diminished capacity, like I think a lot of us have because oh, yeah. the pandemic doesn't fucking end. Right. Um, so like, I don't really do much pro bono work 
anymore. Mm-hmm. But the idea of having like, like working together with a group to make an alternative to this, like that, like, okay. And I could run a support group, you know, once a month. And yeah. that seems like it's something that's manageable in, in this day and age. Yes. Yes. I will be happy to help with that. Wicked. This has been fun. Yes. It took a long time to actually meet in person. I know. Right. But we got it done. I'm so glad that we recorded today. You were a fabulous guest and I'm so glad that you were able to help provide me and my listeners with some insights. Um, One closing question. What's MGTOW? MGTOW, men going their own way. Okay. So this is, uh, so like one of the, so you can either go red pill and it's like, like really hardcore gender fundamentalism, or you can wind up with MGTOW, which is basically men can't possibly live with women. So I'm just going to totally separate myself Mm. from women Mm. is what that ideology is. Gotcha. Then you've got like the men's rights activists who are all like men have it so bad. And like, here's all the things that are shitty about being men. And then you've got the, the incels, which are basically like, because of nature, I will never be loved. And my life is horrible. Like it incels, basically digital self-harm. It's really sad. And I really like, I see part of my work in the world is helping people not go there. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. That, that's what MGTOW is like. They're, they're wacky. Those guys, some of them are total assholes and yeah, I've met a few they, of them in, in real life. Yeah. But because they take the like, just the apartheid approach, like they're not quite as immediately vile and threatening as some of the other ones are. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, thank you for clarifying that. Pleasure. If you ever have questions about the manosphere, I'm happy to provide expert comment. Hmm. I shouldn't spend so much time on Reddit. <laughs> Reddit's one I have not taken a deep dive into because I know I'll just I'll keep going. That's that's the ultimate rabbit hole website. And I just I can't bring myself to do it because I will get too wrapped up in it. Hey, like there's different social media for all of us. Like TikTok is just I don't understand. <laughs> well, I, I am understand. I'm teaching a TikTok for business class later this month through our local library system. Although you're overseas, so timing may be weird. But um, if there's a video or something of it, I'll send it to you. Or like maybe reach out to Norlin. Like do that for SCU. Yeah, it's been a, we haven't like you did your networking thing, which was yeah. amazing. Yeah, and I then, could do a class for TikTok absolutely because I you, I come from Kincaid, a place. Kincaid could do it together. Yes. I come from a place of abundance. The more of us, as you said, we've got to do a better job elevating ourselves. And the more of us that are out there helping people, the better. I don't think that there's a limited amount of pie for sexologists. There's, we can just keep making more and more pies. There's so many people out there in this world that need our help. Like my vision is for a world where we're not necessary or we're only there helping people with enhanced pleasure. Like, but there I'm are a lot you. of people who are fucked up and could totally need like help and get a lot of relief and live better lives when they when they find that place of acceptance and celebration around their sexuality, right? Yep. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Well, Sarah, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you again so much for being on Keep Them Coming. Great. Thank you for having me. 
Thanks for listening to Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. Please rate, subscribe, and share this podcast and check the show notes for stuff we talked about during the episode. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Clubhouse, and TikTok, but visit my website if you want more information about me and my coaching services. You can join my safe for work or not safe for work email list, which I call the Dirty Bird. If you want less censored content about sex and relationships and want to know what I'm up to, please subscribe to that list. Send me an email, Kristen at Open the Doors Coaching, if you have a question, want to book a session, or want more information on my upcoming workshops. My theme song is original music by M. Kusa. Until next time.